Hey everyone, welcome to The Path of Me. I'm your host, Wendy Hutchinson, and I have the most beautiful guest today, Sarah Ford, who is a light worker, a Marconic energy practitioner, and she also has a, a day job in marketing and I believe advertising, right, Sarah? Yes. yes. So yes. welcome. Thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, thank um, you for asking me to do it. I'm excited to be here with you. I was so grateful you said yes. But um, yeah, I kind of, I like to always go back to the beginning and kind of find out what your foundation was, you know, who were you as a child, mm -hmm. where were you raised, and um, maybe speak to a couple of standout moments that kind of pushed you on this journey, you know, to self-discovery. Mm hmm Okay. Well, I, um, I, let's see. It's, it's, so, it's so fun to go back and think about it because it was so long ago yet not. Um, but I was born and raised in St. Louis, Missouri um, in the Midwest. And um, I grew up in a, in a Christian home. Um, St. Louis is, you know, in the middle of the country. It's quite close to the Bible Belt mm -hmm. of America. Um, and while, you know, we did go to church every Sunday, my mom always kind of had an interest in mysticism and um, other things that they really didn't talk about in the church. Um, and I, I do, I did enjoy going and learning the stories that we would hear, you know, mm -hmm. in Sunday school and mm -hmm. um, having that experience and community and people, because that's obviously so important in, as far mm -hmm. as being a human. And having connection and support, um, mm -hmm. but I didn't really feel like that was kind of my sanctuary and what soothed me and where I found my comfort. And mm -hmm. I really truly found my comfort being outside in nature and being in um, doing doing things with art. And my mother is also an artist. Um, my mom definitely has had a huge impact on just my spiritual journey and development and who How I am. Awesome that you had that like support yeah you know that she was very open-minded and um not forcing you into this one box yeah you know? yeah she definitely didn't um and i remember her even kind of challenging some of the things the church would say occasionally um not often but getting to see her kind of like take that other stance showed me that like, you don't always have to agree with everything that they right. are preaching to you. And maybe discernment is what yes. she was showing you, which is such a key element to us. Anyone walking this path is that mm -hmm. discernment piece is so, so important, right? Uh, definitely. Oh, kitty cat. Parents. <laughs> she, loves, she, loves, she loves Zoom. <laughs> um, because I, I do meetings, you know, every day for work. And anytime she hears people's voices, she usually makes her appearance. Oh, <laughs> um, but my, yeah, my mom really, I mean, she, I feel like she kind of shines a light on ultimately what I would find to be my path um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in taking, you know, going to spiritual bookstores and getting to see crystals and getting to see books that, um, I, I didn't, I couldn't have dreamed that it, they existed, you know, with just stories and stars and astrology and all of so that. How much expansion comes when we're in that sponge and seeking phase, right? Yeah, yeah. It's definitely. like new concepts and ideas and kind of aha moments. And like, I always think that 
you know, as, as we're going through that and we're, we're kind of absorbing all of this knowledge, mm-hmm. it feels very fresh and new. But the further I've gone on my journey, I realize we're actually remembering. Mm, yeah. It's like we're kind of going back and actually awakening to remembering these, these truths that we've kind of yeah. buried and forgotten in this human life, you know? Totally. I just, yeah, it, that gives me just kind of this visual of going into those stores and seeing all those amethysts. And it, it was almost more like my mom was like, remember these? Do you, you used to work with these crystals. Do you know what these are? That's incredible. And, um, How cool that you had that support growing up. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was, it, she's, she has been a, a vital, um, just kind of voice of, of support, but also letting me find my way. She definitely gave me that this. is such a big gift. You know, when we, we're able to give our children that, it's such a big gift. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. that means you have to sit back and watch them make choices and decisions that maybe you can see where they're going and you still have to just love Hang them. back. Hey, it's your journey, right? Yeah. So I hope you find your way back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're kind of veering off. <laughs> right now get back on it's so true though and I think I mean for just as parents I mean you and I've talked about this before Mm -hmm. and just letting our own children have that space and permission to make those decisions that's unconditional love that's what taught me unconditional love Mm. was to um, really surrender control and just let everyone follow their own path yeah yeah so much um, so many lessons of course I had to go through to get to that place but uh, Mm -hmm. it's a gift really if you can get there yeah children right yeah truly and I mean I think I do think about just the concept you know that our children do kind of assist us you know it's not just us assisting them but they're assisting us oh my gosh I've realized that that all of my growth has really come from being a parent and a partner, you know, yeah. our soul family yeah. acted to help us to move forward in life. I um, wanted to circle back because you had mentioned when we were talking before that you had this moment when you were a child and you were around first grade playing in your front yard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering if you could share that story. Yeah, I um. I just, it's, it's so beautiful. Every time I go back to St. Louis, not every time, but often I do go back and pass the houses that I kind of grew up and had different chapters. And, and I, it's, it's so funny because in my mind that yard was so big, but it was actually, actually so tiny. (laughs) (laughs) I I spent a lot of time on, on that, you know, in that front yard and um, we lived there um, like when I was in kindergarten and first grade and then but I remember being outside and spending a lot of time out there. And I remember a very clear, distinct moment of knowing that I chose to came, to come here, that I chose to be on earth. Because I remember questioning a lot why we were here. What's the point of all of this? Like a lot of the things that people work so hard for and cared so much about were not things that I really felt called to just you know really hustle for and Mm -hmm. I but I had this knowing that I came for a reason 
and I was going to be here for this moment of truth for the entire planet. And that truth wow. was going to come. And what was going to come? That the truth would be, that the truth would be revealed of what mattered wow. here. Sarah, that's so powerful. It was, I, I'll, I'll just, I'll never forget it. It was just like, you're here, just, you got to wait for it. It's all going to be revealed at some point. And to be seven years old right. and, and kind of have that. And I remember I, it was something I have never forgotten. And I remember thinking, you know, when the internet became a thing, I was like, maybe this is it because now people can talk and secrets can't be kept and people can say, do you know what's going on here? And, yeah. you know, and I'm like, no, that wasn't it. There's, there's more. <laughs> but it's wait, there's more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, oh truly, just through childhood, I really did have some just, you know, some powerful times where I would, now I recognize them as messages. At the time, I didn't understand that's what they were. Yeah. And I've gotten them all through my life. But, um, you know, I, I didn't have, I know that a lot of my friends have, have talked about having um, friends and beings that they would talk to and um, things like that. I didn't have that. Everything came through me. It was like, it was a message from me and I, I knew that it was coming from me and it was just like, just hold on. You're, you're going to see, I, I just, you know, just be patient. And so that kind of instilled in me some trust and faith um, that I was going to see other things besides just going to school and college and buying a house and whatever, all of these other, you know, 3d things that are necessary for survival, but they weren't things that I was, Inspired attached by. to or defined yeah. by or yeah it, it didn't none of that kept me going but knowing and just having this powerful understanding that you know just kind of the laws of oneness you know was something that came early and just in with all of the children in the school wanting to be friends with everybody and not getting into groups and cliques and just really kind of having just this compassion. Um, those things came very early for me. And when I think about that, it's just, I really am kind of like, that's totally amazing to have that sort of insight at such a young age, but to know that higher truth was coming and I needed to be here to witness it and help anchor it. That's amazing. Yeah. And what's so cool is that you had that, you had such a trust and faith in your alignment with yourself. Mm -hmm. Because I think so many of us um, are seeking outside of ourselves all the time that we haven't fostered that from, from childhood. It's something that we have to relearn and, and um, it takes practice. Mm -hmm. So the fact that you had that from such an early age gave you such a, a an alignment with your true north. Mm, yes. You know, like you really could tap in and really listen and hear and know. Yeah. The information coming in was pure. Mm -hmm. You know, because there are a lot of people who are kind of like multi-vector I don't know, multi, I, I don't know if multi-vector is the word, but they're like satellite dishes. And so they're getting information mm -hmm. from a lot of different places, mm -hmm. higher dimensional communication with a lot of different beings. 
getting um, information from a lot of different places and sources on our planet surface, you know, whether it's from YouTube or uh, meditations, or they're just always seeking, 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 seeking. Mm -hmm. And I think the seeking experience is valuable for each of us. Mm -hmm. But we don't get, we, we're not going to get more pure information from anyone but ourselves, ultimately. Mm. Truly. So how beautiful that you were able to, from a very early age, when you weren't even cognizant of it, mm -mm. have that awareness and those experiences throughout your life. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it was really, I think, to just kind of foster that connection early really kind of helped, you know, ground me into knowing that there, there is more outside of my mother's garden and yeah. Yeah. I will get to find out and be a part of, a part of that growth. And it just, it really, um, it's, it's just kind of indescribable. I mean, I can go back into that time and space just immediately and just knowing that I kind of opened that up for myself, you know, I just, it, makes me very grateful to myself yeah. you know, for saying, let me give you this information. You need this to keep going because I it was almost like, I understand this is not fun <laughs> and this is not, you know, it's, it's being a human is, is hard. Being, being a human, especially and particularly at this time mm. is so difficult, Challenging. especially if you are a light being and higher vibrational being and I think what's happening for a lot of people too which is making it more difficult is on, on a higher level you're being asked to choose yourself mm -hmm. yes and that's a difficult choice for many people because they're so used to um, pleasing others mm -hmm. and what people other people think is so important that it's difficult to stand in your truth and be who you've me you're meant to be here. And mm -hmm. that's exactly what is happening at this time. Yeah. People yeah. are being very pressed and they're feeling very uncomfortable mm -hmm. emotionally because things are being stripped from them. Mm -hmm. They're going through very difficult circumstances to trigger that growth and choice. Definitely, definitely. And I think also just we almost seek these distractions to not go inward and sit with ourselves and, and do that incredible work. And if we're not able to kind of sit in the stillness and the quiet that a lot of this time has given us, um, you know, it's kind of like we miss the gold. We miss this beautiful lesson of like, you know, it's like, go, go inside. Like you have this incredible well of knowledge and information ready for you and yeah. guides and team that's there for you. Yeah. But people choose, some people choose to stay distracted with. I think there's a lot of fear of what they might find. Yeah. Because you find truth, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, and it's, it's hard to look at those really deep parts of you that aren't attractive. Mm -hmm. Like for me, it was very hard to look at my ego. It was hard to look at behaviors that I engaged in that weren't, you know, they, I, wasn't, I wasn't living my highest and best life. It was a process to get here. 
Yeah. And you have things that you've done that you regret or whatever. It's hard to go there and look at those things and really love yourself through it and process it and mm-hmm. don't let it go, right? It's so true. And, and that's that specific thing, Wendy, is something that really came through for me in these last months is those parts that are dark and that we don't want to look at and that we have a little bit of shame for, or, mm-hmm. you know, we want to stuff them down and not pay. Mm-hmm. Those parts need to be loved. And if you don't, if we don't love them, they're, they're not going to heal. Right. And right. getting, getting to understand that and having the time to actually do that. Has think, been- yeah, for sure. And, and it also, when you go there, you start to create a different perspective when you have the courage, when you have the courage and, and it, and it gets easier over time. Mm. Mm-hmm. I think as we go further and we become more practiced in going into those dark recesses and corners of our psyche and our hearts, you know, um, I think it gets easier over time. We, we learn to transmute the pain a little bit faster and a little bit yes. faster. And we, we're a little more forgiving towards ourselves. And eventually when we get to that place of self-love yeah it's so freeing yeah you realize well, that you were you were fine all along there was <laughs> nothing wrong with you it was all yeah just to get you where you are today those were all just experiences right definitely and that's that's something that's really not taught that's something that our parents didn't have the tools to teach us right um, to, to be okay with, with those parts of ourselves. And I feel like, you know, it's, it's something that has definitely changed my parenting in the way that, um, you know, I, I want my daughter to see me do that, whether, you know, she does it or not, that's up to her. But I just feel like letting someone see kind of, you know, how to do that and that that is a thing. And, um, you know, th- those are tools and resources and that people need for their lives. To, I to think that help. modeling is so powerful mm-hmm. because by living your best life and by doing your work and just how you're showing up in the world is so different than trying to force or educate or change someone. When mm-hmm. you can just show up as your authentic self and model something really healthy and beautiful and model a template of how to move forward in life, I feel like that's so much more impactful than trying to force someone to change mm-hmm. or be your perspective. I think modeling it is the best thing we can offer to the people around us, right? It starts yeah. with us, right? Yeah, I mean, to, to show them the experience and and give it and say, this is how it's done. And I mean, I feel like that's just even something that we get to do as practitioners with our clients and say, this is how you do this. And they're just like, I didn't know it was that easy. And it's like, it is. <laughs> but it they- really is. You know, the concepts are very easy mm-hmm. for ascension and growth. Mm-hmm. The practice of it is very difficult. <laughs> 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 right. And the daily, yeah, the daily commitment to the daily it, practice too. of it, mm-hmm. and um, loving yourself through the ups and downs because we're all human. So, yeah. you know, we take a few steps forward and then maybe slide back and go a little forward and slide back. We're doing that little cosmic cha cha, you know, 
switch back and forth. I know that a huge part of your life was dance. How old were you when you started um, falling in love with dance? And, yeah. and Sarah's an incredible belly dancer, for those of you who don't know her. Um, <laughs> well, thank you. Um, so that actually, in that, in that same house where I had that message, um, I also have very, very clear memories of standing in front of the mirror and exploring movement with the body and creating beautiful shapes and seeing what it's like to flow and, and work with the music as one to basically express the music through the body. So I became interested in dance very, very young. Um, and fortunately my parents saw it and, and exposed, me, exposed me to it and let me get into ballet and jazz early. So I did, I went to dance school throughout um, grade school, I think junior year in high school. I remember eighth grade is when I stopped. Um, that was like the last of my spandex dance costumes. <laughs> so many great pictures of them. Um, and, but that, that, was so, that was so wonderful because I had the foundations of ballet and jazz and tap and getting to understand musical rhythms and floor patterns and the way that we kind of navigate through dancing. Um, and then that was truly my art. I mean, I loved, my mom is a painter and does mixed media work and I, my art and expression and where I just felt like time and nothing else existed was whenever I would dance. And um, I just, I, I still love it. Um, I kind of took a break from it through high school and college um, and then when I moved to Boston I was looking for a way to meet other people outside of my job um, because I knew the people in my company and I had my my baby but I didn't know other girls and I, I needed to find a community and mm -hmm. so I started looking up dance classes and I thought I'm going to get back into this and what came up immediately was belly dance and I was like oh I've never done this before I mean I know I love the music um, and, and um, that was from Cairo that exposed me to a bunch of music. And there was a day that he like downloaded 4,000 Egyptian songs oh my gosh. on my computer. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like, I had no idea that this was happening, but he knew that I was getting ready to move to Boston. And he's like, I want to give you a gift because whenever we'd go out, he'd play Egyptian Wait, who was this? music. His name was Ahmed. He was from Cairo. He was just a, a friend. And um, wow. A, yeah. And as, as a going away gift, he, he took my laptop and, you know, now I kind of think, oh, that's kind of shady, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but he put all this music and I still have it. These synchronicities are so incredible. Yeah. How we just kind of, these threads just keep kind of pulling us forward in life, but, you know, yeah. from, from backwards and forwards, you know, like he, here's, he gives you this music and you move and then. It's yeah, incredible. Right? I, I, yeah, I, t I totally wasn't looking for, I mean, belly dance, but I had, I knew that I loved the music and mm -hmm. I was really getting into it. And once you start, as you know, I know that you love Arabic music mm -hmm. as well. Once you start listening to it, you get it, you develop an ear and a sense for it. And it was just like, I, I almost craved listening to it. So oh. I'd go into that library and listen to it. And I didn't know how to dance that way. And I never even really tried. But then when belly dance came up, I just thought, oh, this is it. This is the time. I'm home. <laughs> yeah. 
I found, I found my, my people, my women. (laughs) And so I fortunately got hooked up to a few different teachers, um, and started going to classes and realized all of a sudden that there are many different kinds of belly dance and it's not just all Egyptian. There's Turkish, Lebanese, there's a Moroccan style. Um, and then there's so many folkloric dances and it just, it just like burst open this huge box of, of treasures for me. So I was getting into each of the cultures and countries and musics and, and styles. And I ultimately, after many years, realized what spoke to me most was Egyptian style. Um, and through that, I met, yeah, through that, I met someone that is a very dear friend and mentor and ultimately became my teacher. And um, when I had asked some of these teachers about, you know, if I want to go see a belly dance show, like, who should I go see? Because I'm in Boston and I'm like, I don't know where to go, who's a great mm-hmm. dancer. I, I wanted to see what was pure and, and authentic and real. So, um, people had led me to a dancer named Nashmat, which means star in Arabic. Um, and she, interestingly enough, became a, a very close friend um, and, and very much became a very huge part of my healing journey. journey. Um, but she and I would um, take classes together and she had hosted some workshops with dancers from Egypt and um, Wow. It's, it's still something I love and it's still something I'll put music on and I'll dance for 20 minutes and it just completely changes how I'm feeling um, just to have that movement and release of stagnant energy and um, I love that it's, love it's that. yeah it's it's a this huge beautiful um, aspect, aspect of my life that I love but it's it is so much more than dance it's also so much um history and respect for the cultures where the dance comes from. Um, and it's, that's something that's very important to me. And I've, I've studied a lot and continue to study a lot about it just to, to truly understand the art form because it's, it's not just sequins and the music and the drums, it's feeling and there's such a, a level of spirituality that comes with, with dancing that I've really connected with and I still connect with. Yeah. Um, I love that you have that in your life. Yeah. Thank you. I, it's, it's been a, it's been a very precious part of being a single parent and having this thing that was just for me and kind of something that I always had that I could always go to. And no matter what was going on with my work life and friends and, motherhood and everything that that sacredness of having the dance and getting to go into a dance studio and just kind of like let everything go was and still is um something that i i really have so much gratitude for um and i think that's probably how a lot of artists feel about you know painting and photography and it's a gift it's a gift it's a it's a pure expression of your soul i think Mm, that's beautiful sense of time Mm -hmm. when you're in your art form whether it's dance or music singing composing writing Mm -hmm. painting, whatever right yeah yeah speaks to your soul it is it's it's something it's interesting just to kind of 
hear people's also perspective on finding dance. And I've had a lot of friends say like, you're so lucky you have this thing that you love so much. Mm-hmm. And I just, I've always thought that was interesting. And I'm like, well, I want you to have that for you too. Like go find it. Right. I don't know. We all have thing. People don't realize that these things don't magically drop in our laps. We have to seek it, find it, foster it, develop it. Right. Yeah. yeah. We have to figure out what is that spark that's missing in our lives. That's going to fill my cup mm-hmm. because we're and typically you know people who are light workers are givers they're healers mm-hmm. they're not used to giving back to themselves mm-hmm. so a lot of us have had a history of pouring from an empty cup it's so important to fill that cup mm-hmm. so that we can overflow and share and not be depleted you know it's like we're always filling that cup, so we always have this wellspring to, to draw from, right? To yeah. give and help and share with the world our light and love, you know? And we so, don't need to be martyrs anymore. That Those days are over. Mm-hmm. Thankfully. <laughs> yes. I think, like what you're saying, it's so important that everybody go out and find that. What is that one thing? Yeah that is sparking and lighting you up where time stands still and just hours go by and like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like lost track of time. What is it? Yeah. Or I'm eating dinner or exactly. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I hope people that are listening to this will take that to heart if nothing else and, and find that one thing that, that you can really, that you love and you're doing it just for yourself. Mm-hmm. Just to make yourself for the sake of joy. That's it. Absolutely. You know, absolutely. What was it like, Sarah, being a single mom? It must have been so um, challenging, you know, just to know that everything rested on your shoulders. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, I've, it's been one of the challenges, but also greatest honors of my life um, to have this, this beautiful soul, um, just so precious to, but ultimately I, you know, we, we never got married. We um, have remained friends. We're still close friends. We talk almost every day. Wow. Um, That's amazing. Yeah. yeah it's, I mean, it, but he's, he lives in another state and I, I left St. Louis mm-hmm. and, and came to Boston 14 years ago and knew that I was undertaking, you know, not only single parenthood, but also a full-time job and just everything. I was going to be doing that on my own. And um, it's, it's hard. It's, it's a commitment that is 24 seven. You don't ever stop parenting as, as you know. And I fortunately through my healing journey and spirituality have been shown many different concepts and ways of thinking in, in parenting and some of that is just giving myself the freedom to let her have her freedom in making choices and having experiences because ultimately that's how she's going to grow and learn you know no matter what I say or, or preach or or do she needs to have those experiences and opportunities to have have feelings and thoughts and figure out what she likes and what she doesn't like and kind of letting myself kind of detach from her experience 
is something that I, I think a lot of people initially kind of struggle with as a parent because it's like, no, I have to control everything. And a hundred percent. I don't think that you do have to control everything. I think that we need to let them have mistakes and we yeah. need to let them experience. I think that was probably one of the biggest lessons for me. Mm. And it came much later in my children's lives. They were mm-hmm. already going off, you know, out of high school when I started to realize that what I had been doing to them was parenting them from a place of fear. Mm-hmm. And then when you're in that place of fear, you want to control everything to make mm-hmm. sure that everything goes according to plan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. But yeah. it doesn't. It doesn't yeah. go according to plan because the wild cards are your children who have different <laughs> agendas and personalities. And they're like, um, we're not here to live your dream. We're here to live our dreams, you know, and do what we want. So that was like a really pivotal moment. My younger son is a classical guitarist. And I had this dream that I really wanted him to study abroad, Mm. go learn from the masters, go to Europe. This is, you know, every year I would ask him in college, what do you think of studying abroad? And he's he's super passive aggressive. I'll think about it. (laughs) Finally by junior year when you go and study abroad, I said, mom, this is your dream, not mine. And I was like, Wow. Oh, you're right. Newsflash. Right. I need to stop projecting my dream on you. These, this is your life to live, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I totally get it. And it was very um, humbling yeah. for me to see where I had been trying to control or impact and, and, and put these beautiful beings and talented souls into these very rigid boxes and how unfair mm-hmm. of me to do that to my children. Mm-hmm. They're here to be the fullest expression of themselves, you know, not my idea. Of <laughs> that was a big aha moment, you know, like, oh, that's right. You get to live your life. <laughs> You're in charge. It's not okay. that hard, you know. <laughs> But oh I just admire you for yeah. moving with a toddler mm-hmm. to a new city. Um, gosh, Sarah, yeah, I just can't imagine the challenges that you've overcome, you know, to get this far. Yeah, I, I do, especially, you know, through my healing journey, and especially in the last three years, I do look back now and I just think, wow, like 14 years ago, at 30 years old, I packed up. My baby was in diapers. All my stuff got put on a truck and we flew here and I knew 11 people. And oh, courageous. I, I mean, I look back at it now and I think, would I do that? And I don't know. I mean, I don't know that I would have the energy to do that now, but I just think that took a lot of balls. Like, <laughs> I, I, I just, I'm, I'm just really kind of like, that's pretty amazing that I, had so much fire and conviction and I just, but I felt, I remember having the opportunity to come here and it was, it was a choice and my job moved me here. They, they said, you can either come or not. And I just remember thinking like, I want to give her some other opportunities outside of St. Louis and the people that we know. And I just wanted a new beginning. I wanted to do something different and, 
and we certainly had it. Like it, it gave me dance. It's, it's given me friends and connections and just so many things that had I chosen the timeline of St. Louis and staying there, I would never be where I am. Isn't now. it amazing how we're faced throughout our lives with these really pivotal nexus points? Mm -hmm. And like we're talking about timelines, right? Yeah. Do I marry this guy? Do I not marry this guy? Do I move from St. Louis? Do I stay in St. Louis? Do I take mm -hmm. this job? Everyone is a timeline potential. Mm -hmm. And we can respond to those choices in fear and limit ourselves and remain small and comfortable. Mm -hmm. Or we can say yes to an opportunity presenting to us and really expand. I think every time you, you take a chance and you, you say yes mm -hmm. to something that's a little uncomfortable or a little frightening, a little scary, you're giving yourself permission to expand in consciousness. Absolutely. Because that little bit of living on that little edge of fear, there's something about it that when you accept it and you take the torch and you go for it, it changes you and changes the entire trajectory of your life. Completely, completely. Yeah. A small synchronicity, and you know, we love these. <laughs> um, yes. But in sixth grade, there was a raffle and I won it. And on the rap, what the raffle was, was an album. It was a vinyl album for the band called Boston. <laughs> what? So really? on top of it was, their, their thing was a spaceship. And I remember thinking, Oh my gosh. At the time, I remember actually thinking at the time, I was like, I wonder if I'll ever go to Boston someday. And I remember knowing like, this is, this is something, this is not just a something. Yeah. That is so crazy, Sarah. <laughs> and yeah, it just, and I, I just like treasure that so much because it's like, oh my gosh, like I gave myself this little nugget. Even back then, I was dropping these little tokens of like, here's where you're going. Those breadcrumbs are so key because I think we all get them, but a lot of us don't pay attention. Mm -hmm. We're too busy. We're yep. too busy, you know? So pay attention to those synchronicities yeah. because they really are guideposts and signposts kind of, you know, pulling us along in our, in our journeys, you know? Yeah. Um, so we're both Marconic energy practitioners. And I know that this um, energy modalities really, it really has changed us in such beautiful ways and cracked us open and exposed us to so much. Um, what has your journey been like? What have you learned about yourself being on this um, journey as an energy practitioner and, and kind of exploring this different aspect of your spiritual life? What's it been like for you? Well, it hasn't, it hasn't been all roses, for sure. I'll, I'll say that. Um, in the beginning, it it, I would say that it was roses. It was, it was an, an incredible, um, just the, the first initial activations and having a no touch and mm -hmm. getting to make to the decision to be recalibrated. And um, that was all just incredible. My, through my very first session and, and having um, the experience of having all of this anger and anxiety exit was incredible. And I will say I had been on anxiety and panic medication for um, 
God, I started when I was 21. Um, so 19 years, I was on wow. three very heavy medications to manage anxiety, depression, panic, all of these things. Oh, really? that I, yeah, that I really just didn't know how to deal. And I, I truly believe a lot of that was um, as an empath, absorbing things for other people and taking on lots of things and not managing it. But not having the, well, not having the discernment, maybe, that this isn't yours. Exactly. You give it back. Like, you exactly. think it's yours because it feels like yours, right? But it's really not your energy yeah. that you're absorb, absorbing and carrying. Truly. And that, that was something that I, I did not understand at all. Mm -hmm. But after my first sessions, I had this level of detachment and not getting angry and not just my, my emotions changed. So it was like, so obvious to my, even my mother and my daughter even said, they're just like, you're so different. You're not just all like crazy, you know, just like <laughs> and and mad and, and <laughs> overreactive. And yeah. I just all of a sudden became so peaceful and it was just wow. this, beautiful opportunity to feel a way that I had never experienced. I, I was not, you know, heavily into to anything as far as drinking and, and drugs and stuff like that. And I just had never experienced this level of ecstasy of just like being chilled out. It was just like, I loved it. And I, I, I knew that I had found something and it was something that I needed to explore and, um, and pursue and something that I wanted to help give to other people. And mm -hmm. I knew that I had to become a practitioner right after recalibration. Um, did you, did you intentionally go in there wanting to surrender that? No, like, it just happened. It just kind of happened for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's, that's something I, I do explain, you know, to the clients too, too. I'm like, you don't have to, I mean, we actually encourage people to not have specific agendas. Yeah, right. But to to know that the energy is going to do its job. It's going to do whatever you need right. at the time that you're receiving it. And at the time I received it, <laughs> I definitely needed to turn it down a few notches. Yeah. Um, but just that must to, have been amazing for you to to it be was. the new space. Like, what do I even? What I mean, it, what do I even do with this? It was mind blowing because the world of advertising is intense and, yeah. you know, single parenthood and doing all of the things and, and just being all of these roles that I had. And I was also very actively dancing and performing. So I had all these pockets of places where I just needed to be like on and ready and Sarah and this is how I am. And I just all of a sudden was just like, what's the race for? What? why, why am I trying to do all of these things? Like, who am I trying to please? And it really just kind of peeled all of that away. And I started seeing myself in such a different light. And I remember also one of my biggest, most pivotal, just kind of light bulb moments was looking back at pictures after I had been recalibrated and looking at pictures of myself growing up through the years and even in dance, like recent dance pictures and stuff, I looked at those photos and I was like, what a beautiful human being. And that was something that I never thought about myself at all. 
Like, I love that. But to, to, I just looked and I remember crying like pretty intensely and just saying, this person is so precious and why does she hate herself? <laughs> why does she think she's unlovable to, to whatever? I, I just make me cry. It I was knew so... I should have brought tissue. <laughs> my eyes are watering. <laughs> oh, no. Sarah. Oh, it, is, it is really, I mean, it's to, to find the love for myself that I found through Marconics. Mm -hmm. Like, I, it's, it leaves me speechless at times when I think about mm -hmm. it because it, I really did. And I still look at photos and I just think, what a precious person, like, to have gone so long through my life not truly loving and embracing mm -hmm. myself and mm -hmm. finding the compassion and seeing that I just want to do right and help people and do my job and do all these things and I just um, it's incredible that we are you know we're here and we're we're living our lives and we can't see ourselves clearly we don't see our light Mm -hmm. We don't allow ourselves to love ourselves and honor ourselves for who we are and what we're bringing, you know, to this world. Yeah. And um, I think I'm crying because I, I went through the same thing, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. where I was just fighting, fighting, fighting so hard to be seen or, or to prove something to myself. And I didn't have to. I had, I was... I was enough already. Mm -hmm. I was born this perfect, 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 beautiful light being. And we're all born as yeah. this perfect, beautiful light being. And we just forget yeah. over time, like who we are, you know, and why we're here. Mm -hmm. Truly. I, I knew I should have brought tissue to this interview. Oh. I even said right before I hit record, <laughs> am I going to need a tissue? Hmm. No, I'll be fine. <laughs> Here I am crying. But I think that's so beautiful that you got to that space. And I just honor you for, for having that moment of realization and clarity. Yeah, I just, it was, it was like I literally stepped outside of myself and saw myself as just someone. It was like I was almost detached and it was just like, it, it just, it was, um, that's so powerful. Moment. And I, st and I still feel that way when I look at pictures and I just think, what is that, you know, I love that. yeah, I think that, um, just coming in for that experience of a recalibration and, um, no touch energy and you leave changed. You do. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I remember her saying, you know, after the first session, she said, you'll never be the same. Mm -hmm. You'll never be the same after today. And it was, it was so true. And I remember after recalibration asking, cause I just had so much coming through and so much. And I was just like, how do I go back? And she's like, do you want to go back? And I said, no. And she's like, you're not going back. <laughs> You need but to go I just, forward. You need to go yeah, forward. I think I had the wrong words, but it, yeah. But I was just like, no, I don't want to go back. And I said, but like everything's different now. Yeah. Like it, you did. I, I think the detachment is a huge gift and a huge part of it. Mm -hmm. you organically, without trying, really detach from things that used to trigger you. 
-hmm. You're able to really detach from things that originally you would have engaged in or created conflict. Mm -hmm. There's like this organic detachment that happens after a recalibration. For me, it was like, I don't have to respond to that text mm. or yeah. get sucked into that drama or um, prove anything anymore. It, detachment was such a huge gift mm -hmm. as a result of that process for me. And sounds like it was for you too. It was, it was, it was, it was taught. It was right up there. Just having this new freedom of this is me and that's you. I'm not taking that. Yeah. I think that's what you just described it and hit the nail on the head is you start being so cognizant of what's you, what is yours to carry and then what is not and being able to give that back to the person who quite frankly is very unhappy about you not carrying their emotional stuff. <laughs> they don't like you <laughs> because now you're not taking on their stuff. You're giving it back. And it's like, actually, yeah. this is your stuff to work out and to really figure out. And it's not yeah. mine to carry anymore. Mm -mm. So it does change a lot of relationships. Mm -hmm. things get really shaken out and people either align and come with you or they fall away. Yeah. And, um, yeah, that's, yeah, I think that's a huge part of that, that process and, and letting people fall away and not trying to hold on and say, right. Cause it's actually not even just the people, but it's really the energy that's not in mm -hmm. alignment. Everything's the energy, right? It's not, it's, whether it's defined by a person, a job, a place, um, it's all energy, so it's really a, a, a willingness to release what no longer serves you and no longer aligns with who you are and your, your truth and your alignment and your heart and your soul, honestly. Yeah. And having the courage to let things go and trust that beautiful things are coming. Yeah, for sure. And they, and they do. They do. It, it is it's such an, a beautiful process and birthing kind of almost um, mm -hmm. to go through. And um, it also requires work. It's not a, it's not a, um, it's not a hall pass. It's not a, a quick fix. It's a tool. It's yeah. a tool to help you to, you know, look at your inner stuff mm -hmm. and peel and release and shed these layers and layers and layers of you that you've been carrying for lifetimes. Mm hmm that you no longer have to carry. Yeah. Because those energetically don't align with you anymore. That's energy too. Mm -hmm. Things that are being released aren't just external. There's a huge well of internal stuff, mm -hmm. even some of it subconscious or it's in our DNA or it's just, it's there, but we're not even aware it's there until we start doing that inner work. It's like you start pulling layer after layer after layer off and you're like, oh my God, Seriously, I thought I, <laughs> I thought I worked through that shit. No, <laughs> there's another that layer. <laughs> yeah, there's another layer coming up. I'm like really? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I think that's something that that comes through. I think also with a lot of clients and when they come for the work and and helping them understand, like you're not just clearing trauma and karma from this lifetime. It's many lifetimes. Many. And that many I think for a lot of people is quite mind-blowing um i honor the journey i honor the journey of every person who has the courage truly to take this incredible um journey back to yourself 
Yeah. It's very powerful and it will set you free, but it's work. That's mm -hmm. what we're here for is to support people doing that. Sarah's located in Boston. So if you are interested in having a session with her, you can find her. Sarah you. Ford, you can Google her. <laughs> <laughs> but um, any last words, Sarah? You know, anything that you want to share that might help somebody who's going through a hard time or maybe looking to break through that next yeah you know go through that next eye of the needle and break through to the next level yeah i mean i think for me and and also just one of one of the pearls in my in my healing work and and messages that have come through is to understand that you already do have all of your answers your path is already inside of you and and it's really um finding it within you and, and asking yourself what's next for you and not worrying about what other people are doing. Um, and knowing that truly your connection is, is your greatest, greatest gift possible. Um, and it, it has all of the information that you have and that you need um, in moving forward and getting your next and your next steps. Um, I think that, you know, so many of us are just constantly, you know, prior to Marconics, I was constantly looking outside and trying to find, you know, what, what else can I, what else can I get to climb up and, and get where I'm going and mm -hmm. to understand that I just have a seat and go inside, go within and, and have that conversation with yourself and know that it's just really kind of getting that stillness um, to create the space so that you can get your answers because we're so busy in our minds and, and activities and doing things that we don't always hear all of those things that are coming from us, yeah. higher us. Right. And, um, there are, you, you already have what you need. It's just truly being willing to, to do the work and, um, it's a daily commitment. It's something that I know and I talk about with many of my friends. We do this, we, we do this work every day. This isn't just something you do on the weekend. It's not know. a side hustle. It's a yeah. commitment. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's, yeah. Um, but it is so worth it. I mean, there, it, the, the abundance and prosperity and love and bliss I've gotten through this work is indescribable. Unbelievable. It's magic. Yeah, it is. It is. Well, Sarah, I love you so much. Thank you so much for joining me today. And I know that there are going to be people out there who can resonate with your story. So I hope that we can inspire them to have the courage to keep going and yeah. do that inner work and trust themselves and find their joy. Absolutely. And, um, my audience. Me. I love you. Thank you for doing these. These are beautiful. Oh, thank them. you. My audience, thank you so much for joining us. I hope you all love yourselves and have a beautiful day. We'll see you later. Bye.